0: Are you going to use the video? Like no, no, no.
1: Okay, I don't say my name on the podcast. I don't ever show my face. I prefer to keep it anonymous. (laughs) I just started, and there's no real reason, but you know, with my job, I want to be able to say whatever on here and not worry about someone I work with finding it, or not that they would, but Mm yeah, weirdos don't don't need to know my
0: name anyway, right? I hear you. I don't want anybody to know what I'm I'm up to.
1: No. What do you say? We dive
0: right into it. Yes. Long time listener. Big fan. (laughs) I know you're not, but. Well, you're a big fan. No, I did. I will say, I did. I don't know if you are doing introductions or anything. We're just diving right in. <laughs> no, I will say I. I think I listened to the first. How many songs are on the first album? I think I. I feel like I listened to the whole set. About the first album,
1: okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's eight songs. Yeah. You,
0: really? Okay, because I learned a lot. I did. I learned a lot, and. Uh, I did. I will say that. I have a different appreciation for Skinner than maybe I did, you know, previously.
1: You know, before we go too far, I do want to introduce you. We have a special guest today, listeners, someone who you've never heard of and doesn't care much about Leonard Skinner, but it's going to (laughs) be great, I promise, because he's an awesome dude. His name is Carl, and he's my oldest friend in the world. Carl, thanks for joining us today.
0: It is a pleasure to be here. Um, And yes, you are my oldest friend as well. Not oldest in age, but in time.
1: time, Uh, What really counts, yeah.
0: Yes. We met in seventh grade, 1991, I guess, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And we went to the same junior high school, high school, and even Mm. the same college. Just couldn't get enough of each other. And still haven't. Speaking of age, I'm exactly one day older than you, correct?
0: That's right. Yes.
1: Yeah. But you were saying that listening to the first, <laughs> let's get back to talking about me and my podcast.
0: Of course. You were listening That's to the, we're first,
1: <laughs> the first season, the first album, and you gained at least some appreciation for Leonard Skinnerd. You're not a big southern rock guy obviously i don't know why that would be obvious to anyone but to <laughs> get,
0: everybody could tell by listening already <laughs> this guy is not mm-mm.
1: this guy's not into it um
0: so so explain that
1: this new appreciation for skinner
0: well i think um so maybe two things i had to play sweet home alabama for a cover band um, oh, yeah. a silly silly cover band that I was in for our law firm retreat and so uh I had to learn like 30 songs there were supposed to be other drummers those other drummers maybe exaggerated their resumes a little bit and okay, so okay. there was kind of like there was only like one or two rehearsals and I had to like drive to southern Ohio, northern Kentucky to do them <laughs> wow uh, But it was fun. It was fun. I was, I had only been at at this firm for a couple of years. So it was a good way to like meet, you know, other partners and stuff, you know, networking stuff where it's like not, it's not just work things, you know, it's these other things that you do, you know. But anyway, those other drummers kind of exaggerated their reps a little bit. It was clear that, um, the guy leading the band kind of was then like assigning me more of the parts it's like, yeah, you might want to play this one too. It's was like, okay, I, I know that song, but you know, their selection of, of cover songs were what you might expect. Although there was zero Tom Petty, which I couldn't really believe for like a Midwestern. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one Tom Petty song. It's like, I feel like you guys missed something, but uh, That's yeah. And anyway, so sweet home Alabama was on there. And so I had to listen to it and I listened to, you know, a lot. And just like, gets, but it, it yeah, it, I mean, it is good. I'm not going to deny like those guys, they they can play like they are a good band, you know, like, and I, you know, I guess what I learned from your podcast, you know, was just like, yeah, I mean, they, they just kind of like decided this is what we're going to be about, right? And they're just going gonna like, gonna to do the work. They put the work in the, you know, whatever, the 10,000 hours, if that's a real thing, but, you know, like other bands that made it. Did, too. And so, yeah, you know, you have a different appreciation, but I guess and being older and not being not trying not to be a music snob anymore, like we were in high school um, okay. to our detriment, I've been for me, It just like I like wasn't cool oh, to no, admit no. you like things. What is wrong? What's wrong with you? Just admit you like that. All you know?
1: right. <laughs> Defining your personality through your music taste, which went on into college, too. I'll, I'll admit
0: yeah, probably last week, but you know, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think it was really it's kind of like that Dave Matthews effect, it's really the fans, <laughs> right? Know, and sure. Image Absolutely. of the band that's a little problematic, but then again, so then even just New Year's, I was watching you know the Nashville New Year's countdown, and I didn't know that. Skinner was like the main act. I just saw them, you know. Well, I saw like El King, uh, or no, she was hosting. I forget who she was. some other country yeah. lady um, was doing a song, and then so the Skinner guys came out and was like, "Oh, oh yeah, I guess that's Leonard Skinner." All right, you know. Then I'm trying to see like who's doing what, you know, who's with them, and I, I guess like the really tall guitarist. Um,
1: yeah, probably Ricky Medlock. Probably the best player that you saw there younger my
0: i mean not oh, no, like not no. as old as Skinner, but he's not an original member he's a hired guy okay um, i'm not sure who that is he's friends with a friend of mine oh cool and he's like he's from nashville and uh this friend of mine it's um yeah her dad was a famous country music person i met her through a mutual friend that you know played drums with and stuff um but uh, yeah, I saw you know a post about it. She's like, oh, it's so great, you know, and she's like celebrating this guy. It's like, oh, that's her friend. Oh, that's that is awesome. He got this huge gig, and then yeah, Skinner is like the main headliner for, and it's you know like forty years later.
1: I was gonna ask you about that because I didn't know they were playing either, and we were just flipping the channels around New Year's Eve, and yeah, the Nashville show, which. It didn't even I didn't even realize until recently that that's a national show. Uh, yeah, right. NBC or ABC or something? Thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know what terrible... they call it. Something like Nashville's Big Bash New Year's Eve thing. Yeah. But Yeah, we were flipping the channels around and we landed on Leonard Skinner. And that's right. They were playing you through the or counting you down to midnight. They played Freebird. And um and then I think after the the ball drop or the guitar drop whatever the hell it is we do a music
0: note we have a music, music
1: note, note drops thank you um they played call me the breeze which was a fun choice but here's the thing carl i don't know anything about the current members and i'm not trying to uh insult any friends of yours but the fact is Bye. i'm sure they're all very good players they um uh, there's not a single original member Left. Do you realize
0: this? No. One. Oh. I no, I didn't know that. No.
1: Gary Rossington died several months back. He was the last original. He's member. not gonna
0: be in it then. No, he didn't he's not
1: it. gonna be there. He's too dead. And <laughs> I mentioned Ricky Medlock, who is great. He he's not on any of the proper Skinnard albums, but he joined about twenty years ago. And he actually was with Leonard Skynyrd before the first album was recorded. So he's an old friend. He oh. left the band Skinner to form Blackfoot and had some pretty decent success. He's a talented guy, great guitar player. Guitar, he's still, right. yeah, yeah. He actually played drums originally for Skinner, but he's a guitar player. That's what you saw him do on the New Year's show. But if that's your, uh, if that's as close as you get to an original member, I, I think you're struggling. And you got old Johnny Van Zant, <laughs> just looking like shit as always.
0: He didn't look good. No, he he doesn't look healthy.
1: It's a rough scene.
0: (laughs) It's more of a licensing opportunity, maybe, for the people that own... I was going to ask, so you're an attorney.
1: How do you get there? (laughs) I guess at some point along the way, someone bought the name? How do you... And, of course, they've been touring as Leonard Skynyrd for, I don't know, since the 80s. And they did have original members, of course, back then. Mm -hmm. And they've just slowly died. And now it's just... Ricky Medlock and some hired hands so legally yeah. you're an attorney Carl how does that
0: work yeah I think and this is you know you hear these kind of disputes come up like when bands split you know like the journey yeah. thing um and even with the uh I don't know if you know the story of uh Gallagher and Gallagher too. I do yeah, <laughs> yeah so these, <laughs> these sorts of things um but I would imagine, yeah, somewhere along the line, they probably formed a company, and then the company holds the Leonard Skinner assets. You know, maybe their publishing company that they would have to develop, you know, for like the royalty stream, you know, to get their publishing monies. <laughs> um And uh, yeah, that I would assume is when like the ownership structure was figured out and like who who owns the name, who owns the songs, who's allowed to do what. I mean, like. I, I'm. From, did they fire Artemis, or did he leave? Or no. Yeah,
1: so Artemis Pyle joined on the third Skinnerd album. Bob oh. Burns was on the first two, and he okay. lost his mind. So they had to replace him. I've talked okay. about that before. It's on been yet. a while
0: since I listened to the first season of your podcast. So sure. that was a few years ago. Yeah. That might have
1: been pretty well, good. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, but in Bob Burns, it's kind of like the Guns and Roses thing where the first two albums are kind of the best songs and Bob Burns is not the better drummer hmm. compared to Artemis Pyle, but he did just really fit with the band and
0: mm-hmm. played
1: well on those first two albums, kind of like Gunners with, uh, Are
0: you saying Steven Adler was not the best drummer?
1: Stephen Adler is absolutely the best drummer. It's not exactly the same, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess you would say Matt Sorm maybe is more technically capable, he's, but he's obviously... more accomplished. Yeah, I would say. But obviously, Stephen Adler is what you want to hear when you hear Gunners. So it's a little like that. But but no, so Martis Powell joined later, and he was even involved with the um, reunion shows in the 80s. But at some point, there was a dispute. And actually, probably the answer to the question I asked you is out there, because he likes to complain about what happened with the Skynyrd name. He's against the, the current lineup. He was he had a dispute with uh, Ronnie Van Zant's Widow. As far as you know, how the name would live on. So, Artemis Pyle is still alive, and he tours playing Leonard Skinner's songs from the proper five albums. You may not remember this, but I mentioned you on the very first episode of this podcast because I told a <laughs> story about you, uh, and I remember it well. We were out with some friends one night. Think <laughs> at ML Rose. And I think one of our friends brought up that I was doing this podcast and I explained it and you, your immediate response was, uh, are you going to do a podcast about 38 special next? <laughs> Which was classic Carl. I loved it.
0: Uh, music not. Uh, there it is. <laughs> there it maybe is. I, <laughs> exactly. So maybe we
1: should just talk about 38 special now
0: for an hour. Well, And and see this, you, you're calling my bluff. Cause it's not like I know anything about 38 special. Yeah, me <laughs> Other than they, they had two drummers, I think. And, and, and that that hold on loosely i never knew was by them i i mm-hmm. had no idea you know
1: i don't like that song i don't like that song okay but it's fun um
0: it's a pretty big hit right i mean it was pretty big
1: yeah, it it's huge you still hear it on classic rock radio but i don't think it's very good
0: but they, they're still around right they like still probably play and have people in their band i assume
1: you got me probably yeah. Maybe they don't have any original members, but they're probably still going in some way. Can you think of another band that kept playing, kept doing tours, shows under their proper name without any original members of the band? There might be a few, but I can't think of one.
0: I bet The Temptations did, because Motown would um, like rotate those guys in. <laughs> and they'd be out. It's a good answer.
1: Carl, how would you like to play a little music game? I mean, this actually, my daughter made this up at uh, the restaurant the other day while we we're waiting on our food. And maybe calling it a game is a bit of a stretch, but here's the thing we're going to do. <laughs> so the idea of the game is, you know, on Spotify, I'm more of an Apple music guy, but on Spotify, you can go to any artist and see their number of monthly streams. Can mm. we look at these? No. So, what we're going to do is we're going to pick two bands or two artists and we're going to try to guess who has the most streams, who's the most popular band according to uh, actual streams on Spotify. So, let's get started, Carl. Let's do, right. um, I think it makes sense to start with Leonard Skyner versus the Almond Brothers. Those mm-hmm. are the two biggest Southern rock bands of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go first. Who do you think has the most
0: streams? I bet it's Leonard Skinner.
1: I think it is, too. I think Leonard Skinner is more for your common man. Allman <laughs> Brothers band, also, also huge, of course, but
0: a little bit no cooler. No disrespect. <laughs> What's that? No disrespect to the Allman Brothers. No. None at all. I enjoy Whip and Post. And, oh, you know, God, do I ever. What's that song might be, your man, I don't know. Beep beep, beep, beep,
1: Oh, yeah, One Way Out. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, great. Ain't But One Way Out, yeah. baby. That's a
1: good one. Okay. But I think we both are guessing that Skinner has the most monthly listeners. So I'm looking at Spotify. Leonard Skynyrd has, wow, 15.3 million monthly listeners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a lot. That is a lot. And the Almond Brothers Band, 3.9 million oh, monthly a listeners. Of Not high. even
0: close. <laughs>
1: <My> <laughs> God. I thought it would be closer. I did.
0: I wouldn't have expected it to be five times higher, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's check. So I think after those two the third biggest southern rock band of all time, even though they came a couple of decades later, I think it's the Black Crows, right?
0: I I would say, yeah.
1: So they're going to be less than... They're going to have more than the Allman Brothers band, aren't they? What do we think, Carl? Where are we going with this?
0: Well, I mean, like, they play Black Crows on on classic rock. Now, they're integrated into that. So, like, that audience would, I would think, would... No, the black. It's not just going to be, you know, the 90s forward or any, you know, Whatever where they come out, 90? First so?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, 90s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they probably are higher than, although, but, but Leonard Skinner, like, when you think of classic rock, like, it's Freebird. It's, it you know, so. Yeah.
1: Freebird and Sweet Home Alabama alone probably beats Black Crows and the uh, Allman Brothers as far as number of listens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Black Crows. 3 million monthly listeners. So just slightly below the... Ombros Didn't beat band, the right? <laughs> You know what? That the, the top three ranking makes sense to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Is Leonard Skinner also ahead of other huge groups? Is this an average number? Is this an above average number? <laughs> you know, like, where does... I wonder. 3 million rank. Is that... Okay.
1: Who would be another rock band from that era that would be... Maybe on the level of Leonard Skynyrd as far as classic rock radio plays.
0: Well, I'm thinking, like, are they up there with like the Rolling Stones and The Who and, you know, like those, like Led Zeppelin, those seminal, like, you know, legacy acts? I don't know.
1: That's what I'm wondering because I do think there's a possibility that Leonard Skynyrd is the biggest American rock band of all time. Because you know, most of those other huge artists you mentioned are are, they're not from America, that's true, that's why they wouldn't be.
0: Oh, yes, now I see. (laughs) You get what I'm saying, I do, but you must have forgotten about Bon Jovi, (laughs) (laughs) though.
1: I have forgotten Aerosmith, maybe. Honestly, these are probably well, that is
0: yeah, that's that same time, but they had two turns at it, but yeah, you know, I think you're right,
1: they did, which wasn't fair. Let's do. Let's look up Aerosmith quickly here. <laughs> <Was it fair? laughs> Who I mean, just not a very good band. Can we be honest about
0: Aerosmith? Well, not very good. What can you elaborate on that? Because they have some.
1: Okay, the early some of the early stuff is cool, but the reunion, other than what it takes, I was which just is like, my jam. <laughs>
0: I was I was running, so I was like, Are you sure? Because what it takes is pretty great and holds up, and I feel like one of their best, <laughs> but. Okay, <laughs> lightning in a bottle. I'm so glad we're on the same page, yeah. but, and I'm
1: not surprised. But then it was just a bunch of pale imitations of what it takes. All the ballads they did with point. the what's your name in the videos. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone.
0: Those amazing. songs all suck. I don't like those songs. I'm with you on that. Um, right outs pretty. Living in elevators, all right. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, Ragdoll is actually Neither not need. much. Is it Ragdoll or is it Loving an Maybe both of them. They're really not much of a song once you actually like listen to them again. Like, well there's not really much going on here, and just a lot of Joe Perry soloing, like a lot of like we don't, we're not going to add any more lyrics here. We don't have anywhere to go with it. We're just going to ah. keep, but it's going to be four minutes long. Like, well, all right, I guess.
1: I think I think that's Loving an Elevator. Yeah, a lot of Joe
0: Perry. You're right. <laughs> I mean that guy's working his butt off. He's oh. keeping it together. I guess. He, somebody's gotta do it.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> old, like Slash. Old Tyler ran out of uh, lyrics,
0: so you know when you he know. saw Guns N' Roses, like Slash is working his ass off, man. He's like Hell yeah, he did. doing it all. You know.
1: Doing it all and sounding amazing and while doing amazing.
0: it. Yeah, I'll give him that. Not everyone could say that in that band.
1: <laughs> That's very true. All right, so hold on to your something carl yeah. aerosmith has 21.9 oh. million monthly listeners okay. and what was so, Skinner was like 17 15 right? yeah so that's
0: a that's a significant bump to that level it's a big okay. okay
1: well congratulations aerosmith they did have that second wave which makes an enormous difference yeah
0: Oh, one, one thing I thought, sorry, going back to the uh, bands mm-hmm. that had, don't have any original bands still around. Mm-hmm. Is Boston one of those bands? Or do they always have at least mm-hmm. one?
1: Could be, I don't know. See, no one knows all the members of Boston, so they could get away with it.
0: <laughs> only our regardless. friend Matt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, only our friend Matt, who's been on the podcast. Yeah, that's a good guess. I could see them. Or like Ario Speedwagon. I don't know. I don't know anything about them
0: mm-hmm. either. Yeah.
1: Foreigner. These just feel like bands that are still touring, but who really cares who's in the band at this point, right?
0: Yeah. It, you're. Yeah, that's just true. I mean, did you go with us when we saw Boston? At... No, I didn't go to that. Okay. No. The 94? I would have enjoyed it, I guess. I would have enjoyed it. That <laughs> was actually mm-hmm. the first concert I saw at like a concert venue. I had been to like Exit Inn and 328, like clubs, but I had never been to like, you know, a concert venue. It oh, was Boston, 94.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Living was it you. at Starwood? Where I saw my it was first a- three concerts and they were all Leonard Skinner. Yes,
0: it was Starwood. <laughs> yes.
1: Starwood Amphitheater. Yeah. Uh, RIP. Yep.
0: All
1: right, Carl. Beatles versus Rolling Stones. I think it's going to be the Beatles. I think it's. And I don't think it's going to be very close.
0: I have. I think it's going to be the Beatles and your, yeah, your right. is probably a pretty big dip. We got, because we got international streams here. Absolutely. Everybody knows the Beatles.
1: And of course, the Stones are huge. That's why it's, you know, mm-hmm. always Beatles and Stones, but I just think Beatles will be a different level. So the Rolling Stones have 28.3 million monthly listeners, beating out everyone we've discussed so far, of course. But the Beatles, let's see. 33.2 Again, million. Again, that's
0: a big jump. 5 million more?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close, though. Who would beat the Beatles? Taylor Swift?
0: Well, right now, yeah, I think that's right.
1: I mean, yeah. Probably. There's no other old band that would beat the Beatles, right? I
0: wouldn't think so. I mean, no, no way. Michael Jackson probably doesn't.
1: I don't know. Do you want to know how many monthly listeners Taylor Swift has? 107.3 million. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just dwarfing. You could put the Beatles and the Stones and (laughs) and Aerosmith and she's going to just kill them all. Wow. Okay. Wow. Good for her. She's very successful. Interesting fact you and I learned recently one of our closest friends from high school is the most streamed drummer of all time.
0: Yeah, pretty awesome. More
1: than Ringo or uh, Bonham or whoever else. Oh, Travis Barker. Travis more than Travis Barker. Yeah. And people won't believe us because, and you probably never heard of him, but he's played on a million records, including Taylor Swift records Mm -hmm. and notably John Mayer records and tours. So He's number one, and he's our homie. So take that, everybody. Yep.
0: Love that dude. Play drums with him.
1: Great dude. Okay, I'm going to do one more at least. Okay, no, before we do that. So Beatles won the Stones competition. Mm-hmm. Beatles beat the Stones. I'm not very good at being the host. And like, sorry, Carl, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> so now we're, we've got the Beatles. There's a rivalry within the Beatles. It's John versus Paul. Right, so who's gonna have the most streams there? You know more about the Beatles than I do.
0: I think it's gonna be John because he has. I think it. I think maybe having fewer uh, offerings might help him edge him out. You oh, know? Okay. And when you pick, yeah. when you are picking sides, most people are like, you know, Paul's corny, and they're not wrong. Paul McCartney put out mm-hmm. a lot of corny shit, but. That guy just exudes great songs, you know? I mean, it's kind of unbelievable, you know?
1: Yeah, if we're talking about who we like better, I'm sure the answer is Paul. But let's see, as far as number of listens, John Lennon, 28.3 monthly listeners. That's that's a lot. That's more than expected Mm -hmm. as a solo artist.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And then Paul... 29.5 29.5 oh, oh, million.
0: Well, okay. I stand corrected. Good work, good work Paul. He did write pretty claims. It's pretty good.
1: Hell yeah, he did. It's more than good.
0: Now does he get do you think he gets credit for the the girl is mind streams? Or
1: uh uh-huh. good question. Or
0: more importantly, say say say, which is the better song of those two. Why didn't they put mm. say 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 on thriller? It mess messed that up. Mess that up.
1: That is the better song. Mm-hmm. And there's no question about it. You mentioned Michael Jackson. This is not really part of the game that I'm, as I'm calling it, but I do want to see how many Michael Jackson has just to give us some more context here. Yep. Okay. 38.5 million monthly listeners, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. which he deserves. Oh, now I got to check Prince. Sorry. I'm just, just going to go and do whatever I want now.
0: I feel like Prince might not be as high. Carl listeners. Yeah. What? I feel like Prince might not be as high. I don't, I don't know.
1: 12.2 million. Wow. Not even close. I mean, he
0: beat the hell out of the Almond Brothers, so at least. The-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Prince kicked the shit out of the Almond Brothers. <laughs> but not Skinner. <laughs> but not. Oh, I would not have guessed in a million years. Well, Yeah, I guess I have walked by a lot of construction sites in my day, so I know that Skinner gets its place. But, yeah, it seems like Prince is more relevant these days as an artist than than skinner But, I don't know. They're all dead, and they all did a great job. All right, last one. Here's one that's near and dear to our hearts, Carl, because listeners – if you've never seen me do karaoke with my friend Carl, where he does Dr. Dre and I do Snoop Dogg, then I just feel bad for you because uh, you haven't lived.
0: You have, a hole, you have a hole in your life that needs filling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Dre versus Snoop Dogg. Who do you think has more listeners? Obviously, with Dre, we're just talking about his work as a solo artist, not... As a producer, because that would just not be fair. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and we're not counting NWA. We're really talking about the chronics,
1: yeah, like the chronic, and
0: yeah, and the aftermath.
1: There you go. Keep your head's
0: ringing. Not really. Yeah, good. Um, it's not very good. Um, but between him and Snoop, I again. I mean, Snoop has a lot of material out there, so. Maybe it
1: is Snoop. I think it's going to be Snoop. Of course, you know, you might think of Snoop and you go to the Chronic, but that would count as Dre. Uh, But yeah, he still had his his big solo album. So I think it's going to be Snoop as well. So let's see. Dr. Dre, 21.8 million monthly listeners. Wow. Very impressive when you think about some of these prior numbers. Bigger than Skinner, if you know, but it seems like rap. Hip hop is is popular these days more than fifty year old southern rock songs. Well, (laughs) no, fine with that. Okay, Snoop Dogg, thirty point seven million monthly listeners. Okay. Okay, so Snoop wins. Not
0: bad, there, Snoop. Pretty close.
1: Pretty close. What you think of that game? Do I need to come up with a name for it? Or no.
0: Well, where are you? Have you, you've gotten through all the albums now? Like you've done a whole, the whole catalog or what?
1: So I'm, I'm on the last album, Street Survivors. I've done the first three songs. There are five more to go. And this will be the end of the podcast. Once that's the fifth and final real Skinnerd album before the plane crash. And then once that's done, this podcast is done. So that's the reason I wanted to make sure I squeezed in. All these bonus episodes, people I always wanted to have on, like you, Carl. I couldn't finish this thing without talking to you as one of my oldest and greatest friends. Well, thank you. Hopefully the people out there are patient because I enjoy these more than <laughs> talking about the songs at this point.
0: <laughs> Doing research.
1: <laughs> well, I'll get back to the songs. I'll get back to the songs. Yeah. Be patient. Thank you. But we had to talk to you, Carl. Well,
0: what uh, what What is your favorite scared song? Do do you have one? I know that it's it, your relationship to Skinner is different because of you know it its place in your family and growing up and you know all those things associated with it.
1: Sure, yeah, my favorite song, I probably would say Free Bird, which is just such an obvious answer. You would think someone who spent <laughs> years and years doing a podcast about Skinner would have something better, but I actually don't get tired of it. And I think there's a reason why it just works for everybody. Those guitar solos are amazing. So I think that the best Skinner song, I would probably say, is Freebird. My favorite, though, would probably be, probably would actually be I Ain't the One, the very first song in the very first album. They don't Skinner doesn't sound like that anywhere else. It's kind of funky and it's just a badass song. But, you know, I've discovered a lot of songs that I'd never even heard before that I like. I definitely like Skinner more than I I thought I did. And my favorite albums are the first two. And I think by far the most underrated is uh, Nothing Fancy, which no one really talks about. And the big uh, spoiler alert is this fifth and final album we're doing right now, Carl. It's Street Survivors. It's considered in the top three along with the first two albums. And it's just not up there. The first two for me. I think nothing fancy is better. I think it might be the worst of all five Skinner albums. Mm -hmm. But we're only about halfway through. So we'll see.
0: Did they have success? I don't know like the career arc. Like, did they have success Mm -hmm. with those first two and then like got a bigger budget or different producers or anything for the other ones, or was it all kind of like on their own? Did they produce themselves?
1: No, the producer was Al Cooper, I'm sure you know. Oh, okay. And he he produced that. the first couple albums. Is he a muscle pills guy? No, he's not. He actually I think he's from New York. Oh. Well, I know he is, because they would call him the Yankee Slicker. But he was involved with a ton of music, produced a ton of great albums. One thing I learned from listening to the Skinner songs was uh he he plays the opening organ on um Freebird. He also plays the opening organ on Bob Dylan's song uh um, like the most famous Bob Dylan song of all time Blow in the but wind. I'm blanking no. on the name no let's bought it down oh okay yeah, uh, didn't you, <laughs> you <see? laughs> yeah. uh, what
0: is the name of I don't know Bob Dylan very well Sorry.
1: how does it feel uh, like a like Rolling, a
0: Rolling Stone. Stone. So
1: two of the most iconic, you know, rock songs of all time. He's playing the opening.
0: Oh.
1: Like a Rolling Stone by Dylan and Freebird. So yeah, he's he's got a long, cool career, and he kind of discovered them mm. in Atlanta. And then he produced the first few albums. So, I mean, they were kind of set from the beginning as far as production and promotion. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because they're good sounding albums now. You know, like they still sound sound good. good, So that helps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to share one tale with you before we go. Uh, I know we're running out of time, but we've established you're a lawyer. So I think you're going to understand where I'm going with this. I've, I've kind of told this story on the podcast before. I used to do a segment called Ronnie's Rumbles because Ronnie Van Zant, he didn't mind getting into a little fisticuffs from time to time. He actually, you know, he's a short man, but uh, apparently very good at fighting. He uh, wanted to be a boxer at some point as a young man. And I guess he got the best of both worlds as a uh, rock star. He became a rock star <laughs> who could just beat up. Uh, people whenever you like it. So good for him.
0: Is Gimme 3 Steps about him?
1: <laughs> right? And that's why I love Gimme 3 Steps it's because story, it's about right? him, what you said, I think. It is a true story. Yeah. And for a guy who was tough and liked to fight, it's a story where he's basically like the coward that runs away from a bigger guy. But it is based on a true story. I got a quote from Gary Rossington, the guitar player. As far as the, these Ronnie fights, he said the only thing we fought about was the music or somebody got too drunk, usually Ronnie. So from all, by all accounts, Ronnie was a pretty sweet, nice guy, and when he drank too much, he would start some trouble and get in some fights. And maybe the most famous example of that, they were in a hotel in Germany one night. And apparently they drank beer and whiskey every night. I guess they knew how to do that. What they weren't used to was peppermint schnapps, which was introduced to them by someone. They said it was ice cold and
0: delicious. That is true.
1: And which is all true. I
0: had a very bad experience with peppermint schnapps.
1: So, so Ronnie Van Zandt and the the boys in Skinner apparently were a little bit like you that night with the peppermint schnapps. They'll sneak up on you. They drank a ton They'll sneak up on you. They drank a ton and they all got very drunk. And Ronnie Van Zant, of course, became angry and violent and started a fight with the tour manager that ended with him smashing a bottle over the tour manager's head.
0: Oh, that could be attempted murder. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where we're going. That's, going? I'm ask you, but,
1: <laughs> that's where we're going. And then, of course, the guys are trying to calm him down. And I guess... For some reason, he decides to take it out on Gary Rossington. Gary was probably trying to restrain him, and Ronnie wasn't having that. So Ronnie took the broken bottle, and he looked at his childhood friends and guitar player Gary Rossington and said, I'm going to cut both of your hands. You will never play guitar again. Wow. And then he went, and he did exactly as he said. He cut both of his hands. Oh, my God. Gary had to go to the ER and get multiple stitches. Gary actually played the show the next day, and there are pictures oh. of him on stage in Hamburg, Germany, wearing bandages on both hands with blood coming out onto his guitar. Oh, my God, yeah. Because his uh, old pal and lead singer had had a little too much to drink. Apparently, it was Artemis Pyle who ended Ronnie's Rumble that night, mm. according to... Uh, Gary Rossington, he said, quote, I remember Artemis coming in really mad. He was an ex-Marine and in great shape, and he had a wild streak, too. He was throwing Ronnie around the first time he ever did that. Artemis finally got him on the bed and was on top of him, cussing him out and yelling. It was crazy. So old Artemis put Ronnie to bed that night, uh, but the damage was already done. <laughs> So, Carl, as an attorney, um, is all of that legal mm. or any U.S. laws mm. violated, perhaps, in that exchange?
0: Uh, Yeah. You know, being drunk is, as I'm not a criminal lawyer. I did, right. you know, it's been a long time since so i studied criminal law. But as I recall, voluntary drunkenness is not an excuse for, you know, mm. your liability. Okay. So right. he yeah, there was some assault there. And uh I do remember I mean the reason I, I said attempted murder, I do remember there was like a case in the criminal law case book where somebody got hit in the head with a champagne bottle and it was like attempted murder was the charge because you yeah, know, you could you could die from that. Um not first degree. That's whose attempted reason. Attempted manslaughter, maybe negligent homicide. But yeah, now, there was quite a few and then you've got you know your civil liability with the property damage. This is a hotel room this took place in, so oh yes, probably not getting a, your deposit back if uh, you know. Assuming, right, assuming the walls or the TV or the bed, you know, got got hurt. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's almost like Ronnie considered none of this. It is. It does seem out. like
0: that, and maybe you know, for Artemis, um, you know, did he did he commit the tort of false imprisonment? Perhaps by, you know, restraining Ronnie and not letting him leave. I don't know. You know, it was in self-defense, so you got some mitigating factors there. But,
1: But, Yeah, but was it self-defense if Artemis is just stepping in while others are attacked? I don't know. Did he come at Artemis? Did Ronnie come at Artemis? Or was he just inserting
0: himself? I I don't know. It feels like the right
1: thing to do, but... Yeah. You make a good point.
0: Defense of others is, I believe, in most jurisdictions, you know, a defense to like assault. Or, oh,
1: thank God. You know.
0: Yeah, I know. We're, we're worried about yeah. Artemis's <laughs> liability here. Like, what's he looking at? Though, you know.
1: Yeah, um, but enough about Artemis and and legal mumbo jumbo. Carl, <laughs> I am proud of you becoming an attorney. Hey, thanks. A friend I've had since the seventh grade. And uh, I love you dearly. Thanks for coming on the show, man. It was really fun talking to you Thanks, as yeah, always. I love
0: you too. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for having me.